Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wolverine 24-7 Podcast, your audio source for all things Michigan football, basketball, and recruiting. I'm your host, Zach Shaw. Steve Lorenz here with me, and this is going to be a recruiting episode. And how we're going to slice it, because we want to we want to do some 2021 coverage, but it's still kind of in the phase where they are sending out offers, they're evaluating everybody. But one thing we're going to do is we're going to look at Mich- at the top 10 targets for Michigan in this 2021 class. And so, Steve, before we get started, I know we, we have some listeners who are diehard recruiting fans. We have some who aren't. So could you quickly d- define or, or clarify how you define a target? Obviously, they're looking for somebody, but this isn't just every five-star. These are players that they've deemed fits, that they have some sort of communication with. I guess, what what is the level of connection they have to have with Michigan for them to make this cut? So, I mean, the easy answer is I try to label the top targets as the guys that Michigan is recruiting the hardest, but there's also positional need. I think that kind of goes into it as far as the way I put together our list on the site. Positional need, I mean, geography matters a little bit, right? I mean, because if you have a four-star defensive tackle uh, in your backyard, probably mm-hmm. going to have an easier time in that regard than you will with a four-star out of California, which will ironically not be the case when we talk about it in about 20 minutes. But <laughs> uh, but normally, you know, that kind of stuff goes into it. But really it is. It's about positional need uh, and the guys that they're recruiting the hardest are really probably the two biggest factors I can kind of think of. So for Michigan, I mean, defensive tackle, I think running back is a big need, even though they've gotten their top two guys the last two cycles. I think they need bodies there. So, uh, you know, that type of stuff goes into it as well. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's really kind of the rough definition. I'd also add, I wouldn't, the 10 guys we're going to talk about, this is sort of a guesstimate. I mean, these might not actually be on the board in the in Schenbeck. This might not be the top 10 guys but these are definitely 10 guys I feel very confident that Michigan is recruiting at a top target type level. Okay, there we go. So with that, we can get started. Number 10 on our list, Andrell Anthony, six foot two, 165-pound wide receiver out of East Lansing, Michigan. So, so in Michigan's backyard, also in more so in Michigan State's backyard. Uh, I guess with each of these, we can discuss what they do well, kind of what the story is recruiting-wise, and, and what, what fans should know about Michigan's pursuit of them. So with Anthony, um, in-state guy, is, does he, is he connected to Michigan State? I guess what's the story there with the new hires that they have? And then how, do, how does Michigan pitch this, knowing that they're pretty excited about these young wide receivers? Is he, is he of the same kind? Is he, does he pr- pr- provide something different for Michigan? What's, what's, the, what's the pursuit look like? So, yeah, Anthony will be interesting, you know, with with Mel Tucker coming in at Michigan State, I don't think that they're going to become a factor in a lot of the in-state races for 2021, but obviously him being from East Lansing, this may be the exception. Uh, I think Michigan, Notre Dame, and then again, we'll see what happens with Michigan State, how much of a dent they can make in this one. But right now, I think Michigan, Notre Dame are probably the two programs I think Michigan focusing a little bit more on the outside types in 2021. I miscalculated a little bit. You know, I thought they were a little more lax as far as the type, but they are targeting a certain type. They want the 6'2 plus type kids. But on the flip side, though, I think they're comfortable in taking guys who maybe have a higher upside as much as, again, if you want, if you can get an elite guy, you take an elite guy. But at the same time, I think they like their young core 
that they have and feel comfortable in taking a guy or two who may take a little bit to develop. So Anthony, uh, excellent basketball player, which I know we've covered before Michigan really into the multi-sport stuff, you know, a receiver who's, who can hop and play basketball at the level that Anthony does a uh, valuable piece. I think he's a guy they would argue is underrated according to the ranking services. Um, but yeah, he's been on campus a few times. I think Michigan leads the crystal ball right now. I don't believe he's in any hurry as far as making a decision, but yeah, can, can leap, you know, can make, can high point the ball, make plays down the field too. Uh, again, would be a, what I would say is more of a high ceiling type at the receiver position. Not a guy I would say is like super polished at this point, but as a guy, I think they, they would be able to develop into something. So you mentioned the leaping ability. You also mentioned the bigger bodied outside guy. Would Michigan, and this doesn't have to be a long answer because we have nine other guys to talk about, would Michigan's pitch be more look at what Nico Collins can do, or would it be more look at what Ronnie Bell can do, who is also a basketball player with some pretty good leaping ability? Or or do they do they pitch someone else like Donovan Peoples-Jones maybe? Uh, with Anthony, he's not quite the size that Collins is, so mm-hmm. maybe more of a right. Peoples-Jones type deal. Although, again... Donovan, I think, probably a superior level, just pure athleticism. But I think maybe would be used more similarly to him than Collins. Although, again, still 6'2", still plays basketball at a high level. I think I just saw him post a video a couple weeks ago of him easily throwing down a dunk on the court. So, I mean, he's definitely got hops. You know, so could be more of a red zone type guy. He's just not quite the big body that Collins is. You know, but still... Mm-hmm. Maybe somewhere in the middle, if that makes sense. I guess okay. uh, you know, not a guy. I think I don't. Maybe they would throw the jump balls in the corner of the end zone type red zone, but not a guy that I'd look at and say definitely like a primary, primarily red zone type guy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Next target on the list: an offensive tackle hailing from Livonia, Michigan. Franklin, Michigan plays at Detroit Country Day. Uh, Caleb Tierman, a another three star. Uh, like Anthony, does not quite have the same offer list so far. He's uh offensive tackle. All five crystal balls are, are to Michigan, six foot seven, two hundred and sixty-five pounds. So you look at him, he almost he almost he doesn't really look like an offensive lineman yet, but Ed Warner really likes that approach. He you know, and, and obviously with Ben Herbert in the fold at strength and conditioning, they can kind of do Wisconsin has made a lot of money off of this where they they take guys who are to an, you know, a little bit undersized, add 40, 50 pounds to their frame, and then next thing you know, they're NFL prospects. Uh, what what do you see in the Tierman race? Tier, Tiernin, excuse me, Tiernan race. And then Boston College is the only other, well, in Indiana and, and Iowa State as well. So maybe not quite as contested of a race. Is that fair to say? Is this is this Michigan's uh, pursuit to lose? And then and then what's the approach? And what is what does everything look like in this in this race? So Tiernan, if you did, if you clicked through, uh, he does have Penn State. He does have Ohio State as well. I'm not sure how hard the Buckeyes are pursuing, but I do know Penn State is pretty interested. I would say this about him: uh, not one to criticize. I don't want to say criticize, but definitely, guy was a little surprised did not see a bump in our latest re-rank. Uh, I would, okay. I would say, in talking to those closer to the Michigan side of things. They see him in a very similar vein uh, as they saw Jalen Mayfield and Ryan Hayes. He is he weighs about 20 more pounds than Ryan Hayes did at this point in his high school career. 
and he has longer arms than Jalen Mayfield did at this this point of his career. Uh, you know, and, and really as a guy, I think they look at as maybe even having a higher ceiling than both of those guys did, at least at this comparative to this juncture at this juncture in their career. So he's a legitimate tip top target despite that 87 rating which like I said I, I he's one I strongly believe is a better prospect than what he is ranked and rated at this point uh, but Penn State probably the primary competitor here uh, I don't know how involved Michigan State is still this one's one I, I feel pretty strong I think Michigan's in pretty good spot here you know still got to mm-hmm. finish it out but is a guy I, I feel pretty good I've had my crystal ball in Michigan for a while I want to say Pretty much all of us. I think Bryce does. Sam does. Uh, I think Will Fong as well. So one where it looks like Michigan's in pretty good control here, and, and Michigan's really recruited him as a top priority. So uh, again, would kind of be next in line of that. Talk about Hayes and Mayfield as the the slightly undersized but athletic type kids, Jeff Percy, that they just took in 2020. You know, who event who was eventually a four star prospect. Same deal. Okay. A little un- not like three hundred plus. You know, more of the two seventy, two seventy five, but very long, very athletic. Tiernan also have actually a very good basketball player. Uh, so, a lot of the assets there that Michigan really seems to look for at offensive tackle under Warner. Uh, we are not really in a position to quibble with his evaluations, in my opinion, so far at tackle. So, um, so yeah, Tiernan top level target. I think Michigan's in pretty good shape there. Yep. By the way, just to clarify, he has ten Big Ten offers and then four other. For some reason, on the on the front page of his recruiting profile, didn't list them all, and then four other Power Five offers. So, um, only Big Ten schools that haven't offered him are Wisconsin, Rutgers, out of region. Um, maybe must, Illinois. Yeah, it's. Ohio State, Penn State, as you mentioned, Nebraska, Minnesota, Michigan State have all offered. Uh, next one on our list is uh, oh, one from nearby, Jamari Budden out of Belleville. Outside linebacker, 6'2", 193, four-star, ranked 264 in, in uh, the 24-7 composite. And what's what's the story with him? It's On his page, it says Minnesota and Penn State are kind of the main uh, competitors, all the crystal balls are in for Michigan. Belleville seems like some some players are like like um, Andre Selden. They're able to get way in, uh, in advance. Other Belleville players have gone outside of Washtenaw County. In fact, a lot of them have. What's what's the story here? Uh, how does he fit into Michigan's class? Uh, and obviously, they they will need linebackers at some point pretty soon. And it seems like that's a position they need a two or three every year. Uh, what's what's this race look like? Recruitment wise, the race wise, again, I actually would say Penn State, probably the other school heavily involved here. I, I actually, I would I would argue that this cycle might be more Michigan Penn State than any other program as far as Michigan's major nemesis with guys that they're really recruiting. Not every one of them, but Penn State popping up more and more for guys that Michigan's going head to head against it's it's more often than that, it's usually Notre Dame like cycle by cycle in my opinion but right. I feel like there's a little more Penn State flavor this cycle as far as some of the top guys Budden another one in that regard elite athlete another guy so he did get a bump we bumped him to a 90 which is four star 
Uh, less than six months ago, he was at an 87. So he's taken a pretty steady climb, you know, according to our evaluators, and, and landed just outside of the top 247 in this last re-rank. I, I, again, I'm not trying to be a broken record and, and also not trying to tout Michigan's top targets, but he's another guy when it comes to the type of stuff that our evaluators seem to look for in a prospect, Budden is the kind of kid I could see moving even further up when he's evaluated uh, more, like further, and maybe in more camp settings against other elite type kids, because he is—he's one of the most athletic players, period, in the state, if not the most. Mm-hmm. Uh, would be a perfect fit for Michigan at that Viper spot, but also could be an outside backer, you know, just a kind of your classic outside backer as well. So. Um, got good height. He could probably do both. Yeah, yep, maybe. Yep. Might might see the formula with Michael Barrett this this fall. Yes. It's kind of what can a tweener tweener sized player do? Uh, real quick, Sharon Moore is listed as his primary recruiter. Sharon Moore obviously came from Central Michigan, was in charge of their recruiting there, recruiting coordinator. How has he done with the in-state recruits, knowing that this 2021 class uh, might be as good as Michigan, the state of Michigan recruiting has ever been, with five top 100 recruits and 10 top 250 recruits, if I'm not mistaken. If it's not 10, it's it's 9 or 10. Uh, is, is Sharon Moore, I mean, how, did, how has he taken the reins of the in-state recruiting? And what what could what can fans know about his recruiting approach with in-state recruits? Uh, I think with Partridge out, I think Moore is sort of the, kind of now the ace for Michigan. And uh, I've said it a million times, the best best way to figure out who the ace recruiter is, is to see how many recruitments that that guy is in or it doesn't look like they have any business being in it. So let's say Sharon Moore is Michigan's tight ends coach. You would wonder why he was the primary for a four-star corner out of California as he was for Darian Green Warren last cycle, but he was, which to me says Hmm. he's the staff member that does the best job of, of connecting with kids regardless of their position or geographical type situation. He was also the primary for Dax Hill. You know, played a huge part in getting that recruitment back in line uh, last uh, in 2019 cycle. So, yeah, he's he's really just I think their guy that does the best job connecting. There's really no uh, I don't know uh, secret formula necessarily to that. So for him to be the because he's a primary for a few of the in-state guys. He's also involved with uh, Anthony. We talk about Anthony. Uh, he's involved with a couple of the other in-state guys that we'll talk about here in a little bit. So you know, it really comes down to just which guy is the best at connecting with these kids. And, and he really is, you know, again, much like Partridge, how they would put Partridge on, like when they recruited Aubrey Solomon and Otis Reese down in Georgia, you know, it's right. like you throw Partridge on there and all of a sudden Michigan can become a factor. So I think Moore is pretty similar in that regard. And like I said, could, should really kind of be looked upon as, as the ace of the staff right now. Okay. Next on our list is, well, here's one out of state. Defensive tackle Victory Vaca, uh, six foot three, three hundred fifteen pounds, ranked one hundred ninety ninth in the twenty four seven Sports Composite. Michigan, uh, no crystal balls in yet for him, but some of the schools that have the warm interest rating are Florida, Michigan, Arizona State, LSU, Texas A and M. Sean Nua is the primary recruiter. Um, you know, Sean Nua does have some West Coast ties. Where does Michigan stand in this? And then knowing. You you were you were less critical, I think, the outside viewer was on on Michigan not taking a ton of defensive tackle in the twenty twenty, at least in terms of already that size. 
type of player in the 2020 class. Uh, how critical is a victory like this for for Sean New and for the Wolverines? Getting someone who I mean, he's already 315 pounds, and and uh, not to mention he's a national recruit, uh, top 200. I guess what is what does the push look like? And then how how important is defensive tackle for Michigan in this 2021 class? I I mean yeah, the uh, I don't know whiners I don't know probably right in this and I do think it's the top need in 2021. You know I, I think and they again with that in mind they have advantages because they didn't really sign a true tackle last cycle so the depth chart situation despite Hinton and Smith having, I think, a combined seven years of eligibility left. You know, the depth chart is very enticing for these guys. So I'm sure that's what they're pitching to Vaca as a guy who could come in and at least get the opportunity to play early. I've never gotten the impression Michigan's the type of program that basically promises a kid that he'll start or anything like that. But he'll at least get the opportunity to see some some very early playing time. So one thing to watch at defensive tackle, Tywon Malone's one that we're not going to talk about right now as a top, top 10, even though he's, he's probably be like 11th or 12th Two yeah, two of the schools you mentioned, random Florida and Texas A&M both also really seem to need defensive tackles this cycle because both of them are in on like pretty much the same guys that Michigan's in on at defensive tackle. So it'll be really interesting to see how it shakes out, you know, which of those, what those three schools do at defensive tackle this cycle, because you talk about Malone, you talk about Vaca. <clears throat> I want to feel like there's something, one of the other guys they're recruiting up front is also being recruited pretty heavily by A&M in Florida. So two kind of random programs, I wouldn't say Michigan normally going head to head against, but two schools that are coming at a kid like Vaca, I would assume with a similar pitch to what Michigan is, because it's clear they all need guys up front. So, uh, He's supposed to officially visit in, in June. Kind of feel like this one might be sort of a, not wacky, but I, I could see some twists and turns in this recruitment. Uh, he was originally going to commit in June. I think he's postponed his recruit his commitment date a few times already. So don't really know how he's going to go about his timeline, but kind of have a hunch this one could be, could have a little dramatics, could be some dramatics involved in it. So we'll just have to see. But yeah, I mean, It'd obviously be a major disappointment for Michigan if they didn't reel in at least, you know, one of the top top guys that they've really been hard after. You talk about Vaca, Malone, um, Damon Payne to a lesser extent. But, you know, to not get one of these guys I think would be a yeah, pretty major – just Kelvin Gilliam, probably the other one out of four-star to Virginia. Uh, you know, okay. be kind of a disappointment to not at least get one of those guys with the depth chart situation. And, again, Nua's – Done a pretty good job in, in connecting with some recruits. He, he was really good at building the bridge with Braden McGregor after uh, Madison left. So, you know, he's got the ability to recruit. So there's really not mm-hmm. many reasons why Michigan shouldn't get one of these guys. Vaca right up there near the top as far as the defensive tackle spot goes. Any any California um, comments? I know you've mentioned that is one state that it's not quite open season, but it but it kind of is. Uh, in, in the sense that there isn't a USC doesn't quite have the magnetism. I mean, it's still got quite a bit, but it doesn't quite have. I mean, there, there, you can come in and win some of these battles. Uh, Westlake Village is the town over from Thousand Oaks, which, if I'm not mistaken, is where Charbonnet is from. 
Is that correct? Yeah, I think so. He went to Thousand Oaks. At least where he went to high school, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So any any advantage for Michigan in the in this one that they've recruited California for a while that I mean, I think I think the allure of Jim Harbaugh having coached at the 49ers and Stanford that probably doesn't translate to LA and it probably has worn off a little bit. Any any feathers in the cap for Michigan though having at least some experience with recruiting California? I don't know how Florida and Texas A&M do. Right. I know Arizona State does well. I'm not sure uh what what this one looks like in that regard. Best answer to that question would simply to be to simply to say you listed the schools that he that we have listed as warm on his profile in USC and UCLA or not neither of them. Could this be one of those typical ones though where USC and UCLA come in pretty late because they can I don't know, man. I just USC is recruiting from such a position of weakness right now because nobody knows if Helton will last after the you know, it's I think everyone thought last year was gonna be a sort of do or die year for him. Then they mm-hmm. extend, they give him the, the new AD, they hire a new AD, they give him the vote of confidence. You know, now it's like, but at the same time, it's like if they struggle again this season, you know, it, it, but again, with all these races and within a situation like SC, if he, if they come out and have a really good year this year, then yeah, I mean, it could be a situation where the tides turn in Southern California pretty quickly, but that's far from certain, that's far from, certainty right now that that's going to happen right so you know I, I do think the door is pretty open right now in california i mean you look at Corey foreman the number one player in the country already committed to clemson out of southern california i mean these are the kind of kids that would have already been committed to usc at this point like when pete carroll was there that type of deal mm-hmm. you know and so uh, so for michigan michigan's among the programs strong alumni base in the area i've always i've been an advocate of them recruiting california even harder than they already do they, they, you know, have made a decent amount of offers there. I still think, you know, maybe even a little more aggressive than they have been. But, again, I mean, they've been signing about two guys a cycle from the state. So it's not as if they've been ignoring it. Um, right. You know, but, yeah, the door is definitely open there. I mean, it's just – it's okay. and it's not just for Michigan, though, too, right? That's like you said. Oregon's done a hell of a job in getting some guys from SoCal. Uh and yeah, we'll see if yeah we'll see if like a Florida or a Texas A and M can could go in there and win a guy like Vaca too. But you know, for Michigan, yeah, I mean it's it's schools like Michigan's their best opportunity to raid that area in quite a long time. Okay, next is Malcolm Johnson, four star receiver, out of Brian's Road, Maryland, six foot one, hundred eighty five pounds. Uh, you you might be able to outline this better than me. He has no crystal ball predictions. And it seems like he's got offers from all over the country, uh, hailing from the Maryland area. Seems to be kind of a shifty guy. Four four point two zero shuttle time. I believe that's pretty good. Yeah. I don't actually. Yes. Yeah. Um. My understanding is that it's good. Uh. What What can you tell us about this this pursuit? Another receiver. What? And then maybe you can add a a wrinkle of this. Is there anything? I mean, what what can Michigan show this year? In terms of receiver usage, is it, is it better for them to have two or three stars, or is it better for them to spread the ball around like crazy? I guess what can can they show anything that's going to make them other than like winning all of their games? That's going to make them more appealing to receiver recruits who are who are interested in Josh Gaddis but aren't aren't necessarily quite sure at this juncture. So, despite. 
you know, I think where Donovan Peoples-Jones is drafted will help, even if his production wasn't maybe at the level that people anticipated he would. And knowing that his draft status will probably be primarily determined by his testing numbers, it always helps. You know, if he if he has a good combine and gets drafted relatively early, it never hurts to, you know, one year in to have a solid draft pick developed, quote, developed if you're Gaddis. Um, I, I think it's more about, yeah, just kids watching the offense and seeing how they throw the ball. You know, I know one of the younger guys, 2022, Kip McCarthy's teammate, actually, Tyler Morris. You know, Michigan got him in the film room on his last visit and showed him film showed him film of Ronnie Bell and said, this is how we're, this is how we'd use you if you were to play here, you know, and then gave like, you know, show him like legit X and O examples of how they would utilize him, you know, in their, in their schemes. So I suspect they'd probably do the same thing with a kid like Johnson. He was up once he came up for the Notre Dame game last year, which, you know, probably the best home game for a recruit to have gone to despite the weather. And, uh, but didn't get that, wasn't there long enough to get that type of deal. So he'll have to come back for Michigan to really maybe sit down and, and show him how they would use him. But I feel like that's probably the most effective way to do it. Johnson, so his 40 time that's listed at a 4.6, I'm not convinced. Uh, I think he's faster than that. I think if he ran again, he would probably blow that time away. Uh, he just set the Virginia State record for the 60-meter dash, or the I think it's is it 55 meters. Yeah, because he did a 6.229, I believe. Right, so the previous record holder of that same – in that same race was five-star Nick Cross who committed to Maryland a couple cycles ago or Florida state. One of the two ran and he ran a a four, three, four at the opening finals. So, and Johnson is a legit track star. So I suspect if he ran again, that he would run a much better time because the speed is what Michigan and pretty much everybody else is recruiting him for. So we have him 131st overall in the country but I actually think he's kind of one of those guys still that has a ways to go as far as development, but is a guy okay. I think is very high chance to meet, to come somewhere close to what that is. And, and his athleticism is what's going to get him there. He kind of reminds me, he's very reminiscent to me just off of what he could be of the guys who Alabama's had the last few years, like a Ruggs or a Jerry Judy type of that just uber-athletic, shifty, with just Mm -hmm. elite straight-line speed, a guy that can get open at the drop of a hat. So, yeah, Michigan got in pretty early on this one, but, yeah, it's it's become a national-level recruitment. Alabama, Auburn, South Carolina, uh, Ohio State's offered, LSU, Oklahoma are all involved. So, you know, it's going to be a contentious recruitment for sure, but, Mm -hmm. you know, they've already gotten him on campus. He's had great. He has a great rapport with Gaddis. He, I mean, he, I talked to him a couple weeks ago. Said that Michigan was among the two or three schools that was in most contact with him. So, always a good sign. And uh, yeah, eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential, and then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. 
With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay. Next up, listed as offensive tackle, 6'5", 275 pounds, Rayshon Benny, ranked 123rd in the composite, from Oak Park, Michigan. Uh, been been quite a power in the state for the past couple years. Our Alan True compares him to LaRaven Clark, who plays for the Indianapolis Colts. Got to say, I don't I don't know much about about this guy, so you're gonna have to fill me in. Uh, should there be? Is there any cause for concern that you know some of the other in-state guys? There's at least been a crystal ball or two uh, toward Michigan. He has 32 Power Five offers, and I, my assumption is that he could have more if he fielded more. Um, but he doesn't. He hasn't, at least on our page, hasn't listed any top choices or top 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 five or top 10 or anything, I guess. What, what, what should we know about this recruitment is, is Michigan, is this, is this one that Michigan is in the favorite because he's so close by or are they, are they going to have to work uphill a little bit here? So Michigan, he is listed as an offensive tackle and I believe most schools are recruiting him there. Michigan actually recruiting him defensively. That's what I, yeah. Sean Nua and Sean Moore, his primary recruiters. So, which is a bit of a change. I mean, I feel like this is a conversation that was had not too long ago between the two parties based on his junior film could argue his ceiling is higher defensively. And then also you talk about the needs that Michigan has at defensive tackle. It makes some sense for them to kind of go after him in that type of, uh, in that type of situation. So again, actually just off the top of my head here, Penn state, probably the other program that, has really put in a lot. Of, yeah, I mean, that's why when I say that Michigan-Penn State kind of meeting a lot this cycle, uh, he's another one where I kind of feel like he likes Michigan. He's been to Michigan a few times, but he likes Penn State, and he's also been there a couple times. So, yeah, okay. I, you know, finally got his due in this last re-rank because, yeah, I mean, he's had 30-plus offers for months now. I mean, this is not a new deal. Uh, he's not a guy that got a bunch of this just this last winter evaluation. He's a guy that's had offers for a long time. Really, in my opinion, the most under-kind-of-talked-about prospect in the state this cycle. So, yeah, Michigan defensive tackle, I think that's the right way to go because they're in on a lot of other offensive linemen. I think it makes sense, given the need and his ability there, for Michigan to go that route with him. And I think he likes the Is idea. Is he receptive to it? Yes, very receptive. Okay. I was just going to say, I think he likes the idea of playing defensively. So, you know, Michigan, maybe a couple feathers in their cap in this recruitment. You know, I think the junkies out there, no, you know, Oak Park has not been great to Michigan on the recruiting trail right. the last few cycles. I think this is one where it could be different. You know, even the guys they've signed, you know, Jeraymon Hall, I mean, he was gone in less than a semester. So, you know, it's not a place where they've actually fared pretty well. But I think in this situation, again, nowhere near a crystal ball or anything, but Michigan, I mean, definitely somewhere near the top of that list. I would be surprised if they weren't. Okay, next one. A uh, name that should be plenty familiar to anyone who reads our stuff over at the MichiganInsider.com and Michigan.247Sports.com. Uh, lots of discussion about him. 
Rocco Spindler, offensive guard, six foot four and a half, two hundred ninety-five pounds, uh, ranked. Wow, he's all the way up to forty-seventh nationally. Didn't realize he'd climb that high. Um, top four, at least listed on our site: Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, Notre Dame. Michigan does lead the crystal ball. Uh, Notre Dame has a couple votes. Is this Michigan's to lose? Is that is that pretty safe to say? Uh, and then and then what it what. I guess it's amazing that we're listing this many in-state guys who are top targets, and and that's got to be something that Michigan is feeling comfortable in, and that they have so many guys who who are already kind of familiar with what Michigan's about. They don't have to sell that part. Uh, you know, they do have to sell what they can offer in terms of getting you to the league, in terms of the education, in terms of uh, playing time. But but at the same time, they don't necessarily have to send the entire pitch every time and hope something sticks. It's a little bit easier because Spindler, Spindler seems like someone who's been on campus as much as anybody uh, and seems, seems to be aware of what Michigan's about. To, to say, it's always hard to like, to go with the, uh, he's theirs to lose or it's a lot, sure. you know, <laughs> no, but I understand what you're saying. Um, he's, I mean, he's top two, three overall targets on their board. He's one of those guys would be a massive disappointment if he went elsewhere. Uh, have felt pretty good about Michigan for a while in this one. I think he's developed a very strong bond with their two current verbals in El Hadi and, and McCarthy. He, there is the in-state factor. I believe his dad really likes Harbaugh, likes Michigan. His, for those that, for anyone out there doesn't know, his dad, Mark Spindler, uh, former Lions defensive tackle, played at Pitt. Pitt's not going to be a factor, I don't believe. Uh, but yeah, his dad, former Lion, they've been in the area for years. So there's a lot of familiarity right. there with the Michigan program. But yeah, I mean, he's as close to a top, tip-top target as you're going to get. Uh, being recruited at the off- on the offensive line. Another guy, though, really in, in, a, cer- in a perfect way. You could play defensively, too. Uh, I think he's more than mm-hmm. capable, you know, as an interior lineman on defensive line. But Michigan seems to prefer him at guard offensively and yeah, has steadily climbed the rankings. Well, actually he stayed about the same. He and Garrett Dellinger, who again is in that conversation for this list as well. Also from Clarkston, both of those guys started out very highly ranked and have pretty much stayed. I mean, they've fallen a little bit, but not a ton, which is what you like to see. So Notre Dame, Ohio state, Probably the two programs most involved as well. Mm-hmm. Ohio State naturally is going to make Michigan work overtime to try to get yeah. <laughs> their top in-state guys. I mean, there's no reason for them not to. So, uh, so yeah, those are the two schools I would argue are pushing Michigan the hardest. Michigan leads the crystal ball is one I still feel pretty good about as things stand right now. Uh, okay. Nothing. Never say never on any of this stuff, but again. He's one that it would be a massive disappointment, uh, just just because he feels like he's there for the taking more so than other in-state guys. Okay, next one. Well, this gets interesting. Okay, so Thomas Fedone, tight end, six foot four and a half, two hundred eighteen pounds, coming from Council Bluffs, Iowa, and currently the crystal ball lead is to Nebraska. Michigan is among the more or less top four. Notre Dame is in there as well. Iowa's in there. Nebraska's in there. So, Steve, outside perception, 
again, I don't I don't talk to recruits. I don't cover recruiting uh, except for you know to help out the site when it needs when it needs help. Iowa just had two first round tight ends picked, and they use tight ends pretty heavily. Notre Dame, Cole Komet. I'm not sure where he'll, where he'll be drafted, but he will join a pretty impressive list of NFL tight ends hailing from from Notre Dame. Michigan uses its tight ends. It does pretty well. I just I, I don't know. For me, seeing him from out of state, seeing him from a state where they where they love tight ends, and then seeing that Nebraska's in the lead, it, it seems like this on the outside, it seems like this is something where Michigan's gonna have to work uphill a little bit. Sharon Moore is on the case. This is one this is his actual position. And you mentioned before about his his ace tendencies as a recruiter. What does this race look like for Michigan? What should fans know? Are they are they kind of behind the curve a little bit here? Not behind the curve in pursuing him, but maybe they have fewer feathers in the cap in terms of what they've done with tight ends. And then do you have any sense for how or why Nebraska is out in front in this one? Maybe he did he grow up a Nebraska fan? I, I guess I don't know much of much about this guy. Michigan has heavily pursued tight ends, and they've done fairly well with tight end recruits, especially in guys that they've targeted early on. Uh, what what can you tell us about this race? So the Nebraska thing, I I do believe is a like family, like like fan grew up a fan type deal. Sure. Michigan's got to get him up to campus. He should be up in March at some point. That's been the plan for a while. I do not believe there's a concrete date set. After he visits, I think it'll be clearer. It'll be one of those where I think it'll be clearer where things stand after he actually visits campus. But yeah, I mean. It's a little similar to Theo Johnson last cycle where, you know, you're battling Iowa, Georgia, Penn State, all of whom use the tight end extensively. You know, Nebraska, not so much, which is why it's ironic that they lead and which is why, again, we don't, Michigan does use the tight end. Let's not act like they don't use the tight end, but, right. but Iowa. Real quick yeah. to clarify, Steve. Uh, Council Bluffs, I should have looked this up before I said this. Probably it's right literally up. across the river from Omaha. Sure. So he is about an hour away from Nebraska's makes, campus. So not sense. not surprising at all to hear him be a, a Nebraska fan. Sure, absolutely. So kind of one of those guys, again, very similar to Johnson last cycle, where kind of no matter who, of the schools he's into, no matter who he chooses, he's probably in decent shape, you know, as far as a guy that's going to produce. Although, again, I don't really know what Nebraska's done at the tight end position under Scott Frost, so I, you know, could be a mystery there. But um, I don't know. He so Michigan got in there pretty early. Uh, I wouldn't say they got in before Iowa, Nebraska, but not too long after. He is a guy they've recruited the heck out of, though, uh, and is a guy that has been very receptive to Michigan's pitch. And he was awesome at the combine in San Antonio. It used to be the Army All American Combine. Now it's just like the All American Combine, I think. He was amazing there. That's where the ranking boost came from. He's his recruitment has exploded since the combine. It was already pretty heavy, but it's it's taken off to a national level. But again, I don't think he's a kid that's going to leave the Midwest. So, you know, we'll see. I think he, I don't know if he's been to Notre Dame yet or not. So it'll be okay. one of those races where I think we'll learn more once he's actually been to campus and, and sees what he likes if he wants to go not very far from home or maybe a little further from home, but still not too far. I just don't, I don't see him being a guy, you know, going to Texas or Florida or California, that type of deal. Okay. If you don't mind, I think I want to combine these last two. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, they're both, 
They're both running backs. They're both 5'11", around 190, 195 pounds. They are both ranked. Travion Henderson is ranked 27th. Uh, Donovan Edwards is ranked 33rd in the composite. Uh, Michigan clearly, you know, wants a big, big time running back. Uh, you know, they're, they're they have they have a lot of they've gotten some good targets. Um, you know, Corum and, and Charbonnet, and then they've they've turned some developmental prospects into more with Hassan Haskins. What uh, what's what what do these races look like? Uh, Donovan Edwards obviously is from the area. Uh, Travion Henderson is from Virginia, Hopewell, Virginia. What it, what can Michigan fans make of these running back races at this point? So, and we won't get too far into it. I'll probably have to do some VIP crap on it. But uh, Edwards, a couple crystal balls came in for Ohio State this week. Not a race I think is close to over. Uh, Michigan, Georgia, Ohio State, probably the three schools most mentioned there. Being an in-state kid, I feel like there's a lot of outside pressure for Michigan to win that recruiting race. Um, I agree to an ex- to I agree for the most part. Actually, I think it'd be a, to have an elite guy in your backyard. Who I mean, if we're being honest, was wearing Michigan gear during his games this season. Has been to campus multiple times. Knows McCarthy, Alhat, you know, knows all these guys. You have two of his teammates signed with Michigan last cycle. A lot of reasons why Michigan, you know, just again, despite Ohio State doing what they've done at running back, producing pros, that type of deal. You know, this is a guy right in your backyard. I, you know, I can see why the pressure is on Michigan from the outside to, you know, real Edwards in. That being said, you know, with Henderson. A little more, I mean, Edwards is a national recruit too, right? But Henderson's race, I think, is a bit more national. I think you have Clemson still sort of sniffing around there. Uh, Ohio mm-hmm. State once again. Um, trying to think of who the other, there's a couple other schools that are pretty heavily involved there. Um, oh, Oklahoma is another one very heavily involved. I think Alabama too a little bit. But Henderson, yeah, the, yeah sorry. Oh, I was just going to say the warm is Michigan, Oklahoma, Texas, Clemson, Ohio State, Penn State, Virginia, and Virginia Tech. Yeah, I forgot about Penn State, actually, again. I should have mentioned Penn State. So Michigan, great evaluation here. They were in on Henderson very, very early. I think he was a three-star prospect at the time, or or maybe not even ranked. We hadn't evaluated him yet. Uh, We now have him as the number one back in the country. The composite is number two. We have him at number one, you know, He's already been to campus. He'll be back. He's actually already set an official visit. He's one I don't think Michigan's getting enough credit nationally. There's a recent national article that didn't mention Michigan among the contenders, even though they're the only school besides Oklahoma that he's set an official visit to. 4.0 <laughs> student, which, you know, Michigan, kind of one of those things they they tend to look for uh, out of a kid. So if they can get one of those two guys, I think you have to be happy, Right whether that's Henderson or Edwards. If they, yeah, you'd think so. Right? If they, if they, <laughs> well, but like I said, you know, the, these crystal balls for Edwards to Ohio State have created such a panic. I think people forget that they're still a factor, major factor for Henderson. And they're still a factor for Edwards, too. It's not as if a couple crystal balls in February is the death blow, you know, to their chances or anything like that. So, <laughs> sure. you know, it'll be... You know, Michigan's getting Henderson back up in June for an official. I know I posted last week 
he was at the barbecue last year and thoroughly enjoyed the barbecue. And that was what he had originally mentioned to me is what he'd be coming back for this summer. So if his official goes well in June, it would not surprise me at all to see Michigan get him back up again in July. And I feel like if they can get those two visits out of him in June and July, I think that they're going to have a very, very legitimate chance. And so it's one of those deals where when you evaluate a guy early and get in on him and you already have a great relationship with him, when they fly up the rankings like he just did, I mean, he bumped up over 200 spots. And like I said, is now the number one back in the country. It's, you know, you're in a more comfortable position if you're Michigan. It's not as if you're like, oh, crap, this guy's good. We probably should offer him and try to recruit him. It's like, no, we've already already been putting in over a year's worth of work with him. You know, so, but again, sort of like I talk about with defensive tackle. Back is a need. I don't think you're going to get both guys. I think that'd be a wishful thinking. But if you don't get one of these right. two guys, I could, even though that here's the, here's the other, here's the silver lining though, too. I'd argue they're in a top group for three other top 150 top type guys with AJ Green out of Oklahoma, Marquise Irving out of Illinois, and uh, who's a Prophet Brown out of California. All top 150 guys. I'd argue Michigan's actually in contention for all three of those guys as well. So as a whole, their running back recruiting is not in a bad spot. But I I do agree that I think getting one of these top two guys or not if they were to miss on both would would be a pretty big disappointment uh, considering a how early they got in with both guys and b again edwards is in your backyard henderson wouldn't be as much of a loss i think just because he is from virginia national kid but still a guy they've been in on forever so Mm -hmm. so let's see how it shakes out all right well those were the top 10 targets according to steve lorenz you can read all of his stuff Uh, a lot of it's free but a lot of it's also for subscribers the the real the real insider scoop over at the michiganinsider.com and michigan.247sports.com i'm zach shaw this has been the wolverine 24 7 podcast hope you had fun hope you learned something and we'll see you well next time you listen to us uh, we're gonna have a basketball podcast running today as well I'll see you next time